0: Welcome to Kelly Dry's Full Spectrum Podcast, bringing together thought leaders in the technology, media, and telecommunications industries to discuss legal issues that are expected to impact today's organizations and tomorrow's marketplace. Show notes and additional episodes are available at kellydryfullspectrum.com. For more in-depth commentary, head to our blog at comlawmonitor.com. This podcast is produced by the Kelly Dry Communications Practice
1: Group. Welcome to the Kelly Dry Full Spectrum Podcast, a podcast produced by Kelly Dry's Communications Practice Group. This episode is another in our Inside the TCPA series. In this episode, we're going to again tackle the question of what is an automatic telephone dialing system or ATDS. I'm Steve Augustino, a partner in the Communications Practice Group. And with me today is Paul Rosenthal, a partner in our litigation group. Paul, welcome. Thanks for having me, Steve. Yep. Um, so Paul, on December 8th, the Supreme Court of the United States is gonna hear an argument in Facebook versus to good, which has the potential to significantly impact the scope of the TCPA. Paul, you recently recorded a podcast for our Ad Law Access podcast that provided a preview of the Supreme Court case. I invited Paul to discuss that case with us here as well. What we're going to do is we're going to stage the case a little bit here, and then we're going to play Paul's podcast for you, previewing the oral argument. So you'll get the benefit of both of those. But let's just kind of get started here overall. Paul, why don't you give us kind of a high-level overview of what the case is about?
0: In short, the Supreme Court will take up the Ninth Circuit's interpretation of a key definition in the act. The case asks what's required to meet the definition of an automatic telephone dialing system under the TCPA, and specifically, whether numbers must be randomly or sequentially generated to fall under the statute, or more limited capacities like dialing from a list or being a predictive dialer will be enough. The case is expected to resolve the growing circuit split on how the ATDS portion of the TCPA is being interpreted. The case that kick-started the latest round of battles over the ATDS definition was ACA International versus FCC, which was decided by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals in March 2018. But that case was not just about automatic dialers. So before we get into a discussion of Deguid, it might be helpful for us to talk about the other open issues raised by that case.
1: Sure, Paul, I think we will. Um, So ACA International was actually a review of a 2015 order from the FCC that was an omnibus order dealing with a whole host of TCPA issues. And they addressed this, the definition of an auto dialer and what uh, potential capacity equipment had to have and the significance of that. But in addition, they addressed two other significant problems that have arisen risen into the TCPA. One is the problem of calling numbers that have been reassigned to another subscriber so you think you're calling person A, but that number is now owned by person B. And then the second issue in there was a, um, a dealing with revocation of consent and the ways in which the consumer could revoke consent. So those were kind of the main other issues that were uh, remanded back after the ACA international case.
0: And and certainly with so many uh, telephone numbers being reassigned every year, that Uh, I know has been the focus of additional attention by the FCC since the ACA international decision. Uh, Where does that stand now?
1: Yeah, well, so the FCC has moved forward on that. They have uh, voted to create a reassigned number database that um, outbound callers can query to determine if the consent they received for a number is still valid. Um, And there were a lot of efforts, a lot of activities needed to stand that database up. But the FCC has just recently announced that they have selected the vendor who will provide that. And I would expect now that we will see it live sometime in probably the first quarter of 2021. Now, Paul, um, after ACA International, the issue was remanded to the FCC, but it wasn't clear whether the FCC or courts would be the ones deciding the ATDS question. So why don't you give us a little bit more of the context on that piece as well?
0: Right. It, it actually took quite a bit of time before the circuit courts started filling the void in interpreting the ATDS definition. And there was a window where either the FCC or even Congress could have stepped in to move the debate. Uh, the actual resolution of ACA International was to remand the question back to FCC, and there was some thought that, that Chairman Pai would want to resolve this particular issue during his tenure.
1: Sure. Uh, Chairman Pai had dissented when he was in the just a commissioner and dissented rather strenuously from that 2015 order. So there was some hope that he was both willing and, um, and motivated to address this issue. But in 2018, what happened was that the FCC took comment on how to handle the remand. um, And then it took comment again about a year later after the Ninth Circuit decision, which is ultimately an issue in the the good case. Um, But much to many people's dismay, um, in more than two years that is since that remand, the FCC just hasn't taken any action. So... With, with the FCC
0: having such clear authority to act on the ATDS question, do you have any expectation that we'll see any additional movement from the FCC before Chairman Pai leaves on
1: January 20th? Uh, not on the ATS definition. I think the Supreme Court granting cert has kind of taken the, the urgency away from that issue. Um, but Chairman Pai is trying to address a number of other issues that are TCP-related trying to reduce the number of Um, robocalls that are are received by parties. Um, And in fact, at their meeting in December, he just put a host of other issues on the agenda, which includes some of the pending reconsideration questions. Um, The commission also has an obligation under the TRACE Act, which is an issue that we've talked about in the Inside the TCPA series elsewhere, to address the existing exemptions and essentially to codify those, and they have to do that by the end of December. So those things are going to be done, but I don't expect much else, and I certainly don't expect the FCC to try to address the ATDS definition at this point.
0: So even as we look ahead into 2021, there are going to be multiple petitions pending before the FCC to address all sorts of aspects of automatic dialing and looking for waivers on specific conduct, including technology solutions, and third-party lead purchasers' reliance on consent evidence. Um, For all of our listeners, Kelly Dry tracks all of these petitions monthly, and of the nearly 30 pending petitions, at least eight deal pretty directly with how or when consent is obtained, and another 11 seek clarifications or exemptions from the consent requirement for specific types of communications. And, you know, all of these petitions could be impacted by the Supreme Court's interpretation of an ATVS. Um, for example, Capital One has a petition looking for clarification of an exemption for text responses to a consumer's request to opt out of communications by responding, stop. Uh, Capital One asked for clarification that, that it could determine the scope of the consumer's opt out request in a responsive text, um, which is a fairly common process for businesses who are texting with their consumers. And if the Supreme Court were to interpret the ATDS in a way that these confirmation texts are not being sent with an auto dialer, then uh, that clarification and and other petitions similar to it likely become moot. Uh, There have also been some efforts to put forward updated state or federal legislation that addresses telemarketing that could alter the landscape completely uh, regardless of what happens at the Supreme
1: Court. Yeah, yeah. And we'll have to see whether the new Congress has an appetite for picking up those uh, cases uh, or those definitions. Um, it's certainly possible that in response to the Supreme Court's decision, Congress may decide it needs to amend the TCPA um, and clarify its scope. But um, I think that's pretty far down the line. So um, with that, Paul, I want to thank you for doing both this preview and uh, this this little context here. Um, for listeners of this podcast, I invite you to continue listening. You will hear Paul's discussion of the issues raised in Facebook versus the good. That's a case that's going to be argued on December 8th. Thanks again for listening.
0: Welcome to the AdLaw Access podcast. My name is Paul Rosenthal, and I'm a partner in the Kelly, Dry, and Warren litigation group. The new Supreme Court term is underway, and for the second straight term and second time in 2020, the court will address a legal issue under the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. On December 8, 2020, the justices will hear argument in the case of Facebook versus DeGuid, which is expected to resolve a wide circuit split regarding the definition of an automatic telephone dialing system. Our goal today is to provide some background on where things stand with the TCPA level set on the current status of the ATDS definition, and lay out some of the potential implications for the court's ruling. As I said, the Supreme Court has already dug in on the TCPA this year. As regular followers of our AdLaw Access blog and TCPA Tracker will know, at the close of the last term in July 2020, the Supreme Court issued its decision in Barr versus American Association of Political Consultants. In Barr, the court addressed the constitutionality of the TCPA. Specifically, it reviewed a Fourth Circuit case where the defendant caller had challenged the TCPA as unconstitutional under the First Amendment because it restricted speech on the basis of content and failed strict scrutiny. The trigger for the argument was that in 2015, Congress had added an exception to the TCPA that granted permission for calls without prior consent made in connection with a government-backed debt but did not provide the same permission for other debts. The court agreed that the government debt exception was unconstitutional and must be struck, but the court otherwise found the remainder of the TCPA was valid and could live on after the offending exception was severed. The justices took several different paths to that result though it was through a series of concurring and partially dissenting opinions. Ultimately, seven justices agreed that severance of the government debt exception was the proper remedy, while only two Justices Gorsuch and Thomas argued that the entire TCPA should have been struck down as an improper content-based restriction. The Barr decision has had only limited obvious impact on the TCPA docket thus far. Over the last few months, at least two district courts have relied upon the Barr decision to strike down putative class action claims focused on calls that occurred during the period when the government debt exception was part of the law. Reasoning that the TCPA was unconstitutional during the period from 2015 to July 2020, Judge Martin Feldman of the Eastern District of Louisiana found that district courts lacked subject matter jurisdiction to hear claims alleging violations of the TCPA during that window of time. On October 29th, the district court in the Northern District of Ohio granted a defendant's motion to dismiss a putative class action on the same logic. More significantly, just three days after the bar decision was published, the petition for review of Deguid was granted. This case has significant potential implications. Since July, a number of trial and appellate court cases have been stayed as parties and practitioners wait for the Supreme Court to bridge the wide circuit split that exists. The starting point for any discussion of this issue is understanding the different definitions for an ATDS. Originally passed in 1991, the TCPA defines an automatic telephone dialing system as equipment that has the capacity A to store or produce telephone numbers to be called using a random or sequential number generator, and B, to dial such numbers. Over the years, the FCC had expanded its interpretation of the definition of an ATDS to include predictive dialers and any equipment that called from a list of numbers. But in March 2018, the Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit issued its opinion in ACA International versus FCC that set aside the FCC's definition as overbroad. The court found that the FCC's definition potentially encompassed every smartphone on the market, which was unreasonably overbrought. The DC circuit seemed to reject the inclusion of any predictive dialer within the definition of an ATDS. But the DC circuit did not provide clear guidance on the appropriate definition going forward, thus leaving an open question. The FCC has issued multiple requests for comment, but has not spoken on the definition of an ATDS since ACA International. And the courts have taken varied approaches to the issue. Just three months after AACA International, the Third Circuit issued its decision in Dominguez versus Yahoo. The court implicitly recognized that to be an ATDS, the technology must have the ability to generate random or sequential telephone numbers. In the days before smartphones, the Yahoo system was designed to send text alerts to email subscribers with a notification that they had a new email. All of the numbers texted came from the email subscribers themselves and not through random or sequential generation so it was undisputed that Yahoo's proprietary texting platform did not have the capacity to generate random or sequential numbers and dial them. Thus, the court affirmed summary judgment for defendant Yahoo. In September 2018, the Ninth Circuit issued its decision in Marks versus Crunch San Diego, laying out the opposing position. Marks similarly involved text messages, this time sent to current and prospective Crunch Gym members. The Ninth Circuit's opinion is much broader, defining an ATDS as any system that can dial numbers from a stored list or be produced using a random or sequential number generator. That standard includes any predictive dialing system that called numbers from a stored list. It is the Ninth Circuit standard from Marks that's at issue in Facebook versus Deguid and to which we will return shortly. For over a year, the two polls of the debate developed amongst district courts. On the one hand, there were the courts that took a narrower view and focused on how telephone numbers were generated, or, put differently, how they were added to a list to be called. That approach found that technology targeting specific groups of customers or prospects were not being randomly generated and therefore did not meet the definition of an ATDS. On the other hand, were the courts applying a more expansive definition? Those courts looked at how the numbers are actually dialed. Thus, even if a company is calling from a specifically cultivated list of numbers, if the system could dial those numbers in random or sequential order from the list, it would qualify as an ATDS. After a year of development by the district courts controlling the narrative, three circuit courts weighed in over the span of 10 weeks in early 2020. On January 27th, the 11th Circuit held that the capacity to randomly or sequentially dial numbers from a stored list was not enough to qualify as an ATDS. The court in Glasser versus Hilton Grand Vacations found that for any technology to qualify as an ATDS, even a predictive dialer, it must be able to generate telephone numbers randomly or sequentially. On February 19th, the Seventh Circuit followed a similar line of reasoning in Gattlehawk versus AT&T Services, holding that the phrase using a random or sequential number generator in the TCPA modifies both store and produce in the definition of an ATDS. Thus, technology that dials from a list, including using predictive dialing methods, is not sufficient to qualify as an ATDS under the TCPA. Perhaps the most significant implication of the Hawk decision is its author. The decision was written by then-Judge Amy Coney Barrett, who has since been nominated and seated as an Associate Justice on the Supreme Court. Given the position that Justice Barrett has already staked out on this question, this case could be an opportunity to see how much influence the most junior justice may have on a topic she has previously ruled upon. After Gadelhock, many thought there was a trend developing and wave of more restrictive definitions that would overtake the landscape with just the Ninth Circuit going broader. But that assessment changed over the spring and summer of 2020. On April 7th, the Second Circuit issued its decision in Duran versus Laboom Disco. Duran again focused on a company sending text messages to its existing and prospective customers. Mr. Duran alleged having received over 300 text messages from the defendant nightclub. The court held that a dialing system can be an ATDS if it can store numbers, even if those numbers are generated elsewhere, including by a non-random or non-sequential number generator, such as a person. So, even if a person put together a list of customer telephone numbers for dialing, that is irrelevant if the numbers are then loaded to a list for calling. The Second Circuit went on to find that clicking send does not require enough human intervention to turn an automatic dialing system into a non-automatic one, where the system provided the ability to send the same text to hundreds of recipients simultaneously. That definition for human intervention is arguably even broader than what had been set forth by the Ninth Circuit in Marx. With the Supreme Court having agreed to take up the issue in July, most appeals were stayed by the circuit courts, including some sua sponte. So it was somewhat surprising when three weeks after the cert grant, the Sixth Circuit issued an opinion on the definition of an ATDS. In Allen v. Pennsylvania Higher Education Assistance Agency, the Sixth Circuit adopted the broad definition of an autodialer. The Sixth Circuit concluded that a predictive dialer or system that dials from a stored list could qualify as an ATDS under the TCPA. The Sixth Circuit aligned itself with the second and ninth circuits, leaving the six circuits that have ruled evenly split on the question. With six circuits having weighed in, there remains a complete lack of clarity. Owing at least in part to this split, district courts over the last two years have taken various and sometimes inconsistent approaches. Even within the same circuit, decisions can differ significantly on the definition of an ATDS under the TCPA. That is especially so when the technology at issue is a predictive dialer. Which brings us to the case pending before the Supreme Court. Mr. DeGuit is not a Facebook customer and alleges that he received repeated login notification text messages from the social media platform. Plaintiff's original complaint was filed in the Northern District of California in March, 2015 And dismissed without prejudice for failure to properly allege that an ATDS was used to send the text at issue. In his amended complaint, DeGuid added factual allegations that Facebook used an ATDS by maintaining a database of numbers on its computer and transmitting text message alerts to selected numbers from its database using an automated protocol. Facebook again moved to dismiss DeGuid's allegations, arguing that the TCPA was unconstitutional and that plaintiff failed to plead the issue of an ATDS. On February 16, 2017, 18 months before the Marks decision, the district court granted Facebook's motion to dismiss, finding the ATDS allegations were insufficient. The court reasoned that Deguid's ATDS allegations strongly suggested direct targeting rather than random or sequential dialing, which did not indicate the use of an ATDS. When the appeal was finally decided by the Ninth Circuit in June 2019, the appellate court applied the Mark standard and reversed the lower court's dismissal. Having already resolved the constitutional challenge, the question before the Supreme Court in this appeal is whether the definition of ATDS in the TCPA encompasses any device that can store and automatically dial telephone numbers, even if the device does not use a random or sequential generator. The Supreme Court's resolution of this circuit split has the potential to forever change business communications by making it more or less difficult for businesses to reach their customers. How the Supreme Court addresses this question could affect the methods businesses use to provide notifications and reminders to customers, as well as how they obtain new customers and collect debts. And it certainly could have a material impact on the future of the large nationwide docket of TCPA litigation. Regardless of how the court rules, TCPA litigation is expected to live on, including based on the use of pre-recorded voice messages and for calls made to numbers on the National Do Not Call Registry. It also remains possible that the court's decision leaves room for, or results in, changes to the legal or regulatory framework that controls telemarketing. It is also important to note that while many states use definitions that mirror the TCPA on the ATDS question, there are some states that have charted their own path. Anyone making calls to consumers must be aware of the controlling requirements and have procedures in place to ensure compliance. As a practical matter, telemarketers and companies relying on telemarketers should continue to emphasize best practices and risk mitigation efforts to avoid ever needing to get mired in this debate. In particular, companies should remain vigilant regarding ensuring that the appropriate level of consent is obtained for any calls and making sure they are adhering to the relevant state and federal regulations for the calls being placed. The court's oral argument is scheduled for December 8th with a decision expected within the next six months. During that time, the questions asked and positions argued will be the subject of further analysis on our AdLaw Access blog shortly after the hearing. If you have any questions or concerns about the technology that you're using or your particular telemarketing procedures, Our team of compliance and litigation specialists would be happy to talk through your practices or campaign and offer practical feedback and evaluation of the potential risks on this quickly evolving topic. Thank you. The views and ideas expressed on this program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of Kelly Dry and Warren LLP, its staff, or management.